And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? Afternoon pod, Andrew. Afternoon pod. It's a rare one. We could uh, we could record straight through the game. If you wanted to. <laughs> we could just hang on. Game starts another, in four hours. Another four hours and we'll be there. We'll do a four four hour pregame. This is kind of <laughs> like uh, when Al and Jim, you know, do like the uh, OU game or something. We could do it. You guys just want to hang around for four hours with us here. We got to do it on location, though. We got to go to like a cigar shop or something. Yeah, true. Buffalo Wild Wings or something. That'd be great. You know, uh, Thunder do play tonight in Phoenix. No Shay, no J Dub, uh, which is unfortunate. Because you like you kind of feel like man, anything's possible if we have Shay and J Dub and Giddy. Like, you know, yeah, I hope we get them for the uh the second of these matchups. I know. Shay has already mentioned it last night after the game. That, oh really? Yeah. That he that he was like What do you say? He said well, um Joe was asking him after the game, Joe Masato, not Isaiah Joe. Uh Joe Masato was asking him after the game about if he if there's like just any part of him that just is kind of bummed that he can't hop on this flight and go play in Phoenix tomorrow night. Yeah. Just because of the the plan. And he's like, Yeah, <laughs> of course. It's like I want to compete. I want to play. And but he also knows that in order to play for the rest of the season, he has to kind of manage this injury. And he said, but he's like I'll he's like, I've I've definitely have the game circled for when they come here in a couple weeks so wow does that mean he has beef with uh bays he's got say Devin booker he's <laughs> got bays beef <laughs> the dario sharich hey dario sharich tonight could have his revenge on that's the, true on i brought that up in the discord and people quickly reminded me that there's like kevin durant campaign and bays yeah could theoretically be getting their own revenge so it's true there's a lot of revenge angles tonight. I don't think Bays will be getting the revenge. How many minutes has he even played with Phoenix? Uh, I was just about to look that up. It's not I, much. I, mean, I saw him in one game, but then I don't know if he's played since then. Uh, he played. He's played six minutes in a game so far. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he's played and that was it. even double-digit minutes yet. 
uh, yeah. So that should be an interesting one that begins at 8 o'clock Central Time. Uh, a big one. It's also Kevin Durant's first home game. So you just... Also, Chris Paul Revenge, as mentioned oh by gosh. Ken oh Troxel in the chat. Uh, this is Kevin Durant's first home game. Kevin Durant's not losing his first home game, <laughs> especially to the the Shea and J Dubless Thunder. Yeah, I'm I'm just thankful they won last night's game. Yeah, I because- just thought if you could, if they could, if honestly, if they could split these two games, which is probably best case scenario for a team the caliber of the Thunder, then you are in a good spot to like stay in the mix. Yeah, and specifically against the Warriors, I know they've been garbage on the road. I mean, garbage. I, I, they, they are they are in the class of you know Detroit seven and twenty five, Houston. Like those are the teams who have road records like the Warriors. Yeah. Even still, it is the Warriors. Steph's back. I know Wiggins is out, but that was like that was the first game post All Star break where they had a win that I was like, okay, that surprised me a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. or it was just good to see. Cause even the Jazz wins, it's like, okay, we're at home. We should win this game. Yeah. Whereas with the Golden State game, it's like, if they lose, like, I'm not going to be that surprised. Yeah. No, I thought they would lose, especially after J Dub was out. Oh, yeah. 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 I just thought, okay, you know, it's, it's been good, guys. <laughs> good job. <laughs> I thought th- a lot of things would have to go right in order for them to win. And in fact, they did go right last night. I mean, they shot 45% from three, 52% from the field, 83% from the line. They out-rebounded the Warriors. They really outplayed them in so many ways. Uh, Giddy was unbelievable, obviously, 17 points, 11 boards, 17 assists. That's a career high in assists for him. Uh, Getting the triple-double. That was a big game. Shea... At 33 on 24 shots, he was tremendous. Thought Dort played a good game. Jay Will just comes in and brings the energy just from the onset of the game. It just takes no time. And I, I wonder what his obviously he's shooting a good percentage overall from three this season. But I wonder what his percentages are on first first <laughs> shots of the game three. It just feels like they always go in. Yeah, we're now up to 68 attempts for him on the season. He's shooting 41%. Um, yeah. St- still one of those things I, I, I don't know whether to believe it or not because of someone like JRE, for instance. Yeah. I mean, he didn't shoot 40%, he but shoot he shot 40%. 35%, and I was feeling like pretty good about JRE's shooting. Yeah. And it's ticked down a little bit. I mean, he's 33%, but yeah. he just doesn't look super confident. And yeah. so I don't know how much I still don't know how much to buy into this because it's only sixty eight shots. Yeah. I, in fact, uh, somebody asked me this on Twitter, and I wanted to ask in the spring when we have some draft guys on, like, how many attempts do, does it really take for you to feel confident in a guy shooting when he isn't just like a, a natural, you know, like he doesn't have the perfect form. Like you take someone like Tyrese Halliburton, mm-hmm. like when when he was coming up. How how many attempts would it have you have needed to see to feel like okay he can make it with that form and he's actually a forty percent shooter and everything's good years years <laughs> no Andrew I, I I mean he's gonna shoot a good percentage from three this year even if he kind of falls off a cliff like he'll still yeah, he, he can will. still end up at like thirty six percent or whatever and you'd be like going into next season J Will obviously a floor spacer you know and then <laughs> right. and then he could shoot thirty one percent next year which is kind of what he was as a college three-point shooter yeah it wouldn't shock me 
but I'm 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 loving the ride right now. It's Feels fun. great right now. Oh, it's very fun. He yelled right in front of us as he ran by and just spit was just flying everywhere. It was amazing. You know, they they kind of need someone like him because like Shay's not super emotional right. on the court. Dort isn't super emotional. Giddy can be mm-hmm. occasionally. Mm-hmm. But Jay Will is by far like if there's like a heart and soul guy on the team, it oh, feels yeah. like it's Jay Will right now. Oh, yeah. He's bringing the energy. He and Kenrich are the guys that kind of bring energy to the court. I, uh, it was so funny when uh, Usman Jang, who had a nice game, yeah. hit that buzzer beater at the end of the quarter. Uh-huh. And Jay Will just ran up right in his face, just <laughs> screaming. <laughs> he's always screaming. It's, he's incredible and just has the best smile. And he's just a great dude. We talk, got to talk to him after the game, and he's just, uh, he's just, it just emanates joy all the time, which is just, uh, it's just cool. Like, and he played, played pretty well last night, too. 15 points, which is a career high. Six boards, two assists, one steal, six of eight from the field, three of five from three. Just to get that boost from somebody. I mean, he's playing the center position for the Thunder to get three of five from three from the center position is pretty nice. Um, I kind of think if he is a shooter, he's going to be kind of like Al Horford is, where the defense is just kind of like, whatever. Do your thing, man. You know? Yeah, we're even like last playoffs when he's shooting like 50% from three. Yeah. You're still like, okay, well, when's when's it going to fall? It's going to fall off the cliff. Any minute now, and we're gonna yeah. let you do it. Yeah, he seems like that kind of shooter, which is, I mean, that's fine. I mean, he, I asked him just, you know, where does where did this come from? Like, where did the where's the confidence come from? Where does um, this ability come from? Because he was not a shooter in college. I mean, he took him, but he wasn't good. And I, I think I, I think I stole a Billy Donovan line. I said that you didn't shoot the ball particularly well in uh, in college. And he said, yeah, he said, he's like, my teammates are just really confident in me and they actually get mad at me if I don't shoot it when I'm open. And so he's like, I'm just going to let it fly. It's like, they, they have confidence in me. I'm making them right now. And he said he works on it a lot. I mean, you never know. You never know what's, what's real and what's not with these guys. Um, The Thunder won a game with Aaron Wiggins in the starting lineup. And the only two games correct me if i'm wrong that he started that they've lost are against the warriors when that's right when andrew wiggins is also playing but that's true i floated this theory last night no andrew wiggins when there's a wiggins on the other side it cancels out the wiggins so there's uh, still an undefeated stat is what you're saying i think he's undefeated i would say as a starter and maybe if he develops into a player better than andrew wiggins he will cancel out that so that we can then beat the Warriors with. That's how we Andrew have to Wiggins get there. Point. That's how we have to get there. That's the only path I see as a as a viable path for him to just be undefeated all the time. But at least that's that's what it is today. He played well too. He had that block on Curry at the end of the game that ended up getting called as foul, and then coaches challenged and brought back. So like you oh didn't get gosh. like the full effect, yeah. of like the block, but just kind of dialing it back to that moment you're like man that's actually pretty impressive yeah in the moment i didn't immediately know that like okay that's definitely a block he didn't touch him yeah and then you watch the replay and it was kind of amazing he like did not touch him anywhere Mm -mm. other than blocking the shot yeah 
it was it was kind of an incredible block. I mean, how often does Steph get blocked from three? Not just, often. I mean, he has such a quick trigger that you just don't have the opportunity. He's always running off some screen. Yep. And Wiggins was like at the side of him, like mm-hmm. he was already <laughs> behind him, kind of. Um, and to get that block was was pretty athletic. Yeah, Wiggs was great. Yeah, Cur- um, Curry yeah, overall, was great too. Curry was, you know, you Curry was awesome. You mentioned that a lot of things went right for OKC, which they did. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like the Warriors were good. Like they shot over 50% from the field. They shot 40% from three on 51 attempts. They shot 88% from the line. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like we got a bad version of the Warriors necessarily. Yeah. Like they were still able to withstand a really good performance from the Warriors. Do you know what the Warriors shot at the rim last night Mm-mm. by chance? Would you been. like to guess? Like eighty four percent, eighty one point five percent. Yeah, they were, and that was a third of their shots. Yeah, they're shooting eighty two percent on. The room was pretty wide open last night. It was, it was. Yeah, as much as I mean, I love Jay Will. I love Dario Saric. Yeah, I think both of those guys have fit really well into this offense. You're in love. Say that again. I said you're in love. Oh. I'm in love. Yes. Yes. I said they're in love. I was like, great, whatever. (laughs) Um, so, but I was thinking, but I'm still thinking of like Chet in the background because like, I thought about that like a hundred times, like, Oh, that, that, that particular shot, like that Jordan pool drive would have been swatted, you know? Yeah. Or would have even existed. But it is, it is important one to prove that you can play good enough defense without a legit rim protector yeah which they they have shown that they can do that even mm-hmm. with nights like last night where they're allowing 82 percent of the rim um but also to have two guys and who knows what's going to happen with dario going forward but he is such a good fit in this offense the way mm-hmm. he has fit so seamlessly knows what to do knows when to make the extra pass willing to go get his own mm-hmm. like he's not just looking to pass like he's he's confident in himself as well yeah and last night was just such a great game for him. I mean, he plays 15 minutes, goes six of eight, 14 and five. I don't know. You know, he's an expiring. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be back on this team. But you just wonder if, you know, they have all this cap space. If you, I'm talking to you, Andrew, Me. don't think that they're going to make a huge splash. I don't. Would one way to use some of that cap space is just bring Dario back on like a very reasonable deal. And just have him as your like second or third center, basically. Yeah, I mean, you definitely could. It just depends on like how they view Jay Will next year, I guess. And and probably JRE too. And Jeremiah, like, like if like if they the feel big that. thing of this game, we haven't mentioned it yet, but this is the third game in a row DNP for JRE. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because we waited all that time for him to come back. He, yeah, he got his playing time. And now all of a sudden he's completely out of the rotation, which I think is deserved. Like he mm-hmm. hasn't been amazing in those minutes. And Dario, on the other hand, has been awesome. Yeah. So I, I totally get it. But you wonder if they they want to revisit Jerry at a later point. Then it's really hard to find Dario minutes. But yeah. maybe he's a good locker room guy. Maybe he's a good culture guy. It is wild when you think of their trade deadline. They got better. They got better. Yeah. Like that, that, I feel like that has been proven at this point. I mean, Muscala was awesome. Mm-hmm. He was great. Made a lot of threes. Was mm-hmm. in a lot of positive lineups. But I'm not convinced that Sarge isn't actually a better fit in the offense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like the difference between just like a 
a, a shooter and then a guy that can actually function in the offense. You know, like there's a and there's listen, a difference if, if, between the there is a difference. There is, and listen, right now Dario is shooting forty six percent from three, so it makes it a lot easier to say that. It helps because if he's shooting thirty three percent, you're comparing him to Muscala shooting like forty two percent. Okay, then maybe yeah, it's not as good of a fit. But when Dario is hitting his shots and he can you know score from inside, yeah, and he's a really good playmaker. Yeah, he's a bigger I, body. Like, like, a, like he's not taller, but he's a bigger body that can roll the rim a little bit. He has really great touch around the rim. And you could see like he and Giddy had a little connection there for a couple possessions as they were making that run. And Dario's just got incredible touch around the rim and he's played really well. And they're, they're kind of swarming type defense covers up some of his deficiencies there. Like he's not the, not a great one-on-one guy at this point, but yeah, he's been really solid, good passer, good ball mover. And like the the big man rotation of Jay Will and Sharich has worked. They also went small last night, where they basically played Giddy at center uh, down the stretch of the game, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, I think that's something that we'll see more going forward with him too. That's like another reason why, like, I wonder if there's room for a guy like Sharich yeah. whenever Chet comes back. Because if you want to play Jay Will and you want to play, obviously you're going to play Chet a lot of minutes at center. And then if you want to go small and play a guy like Giddy or J-Dub at center or even Kenrich when he comes back at center, which is really like the silver bullet that they found is like these Kenrich at center lineups just really work. Then like if your Dario, is this exactly the situation that you want to land with? Like maybe it is. Like Muscala, what if he's Muscala. what if he's new Muscal and he just loves OKC? He's he, going to Scissor Tail Park every day, <laughs> walking around. He's riding the streetcar, Andrew. <laughs> I mean, sure, sure. <laughs> if he loves it, great, awesome. He and Poku are kind of pals. I've seen. Oh really? Um, yes. So that's cool. Saw Poku give Poku a little fist bump last night. He seems to be in good spirits. He's uh he's at least practicing with the blue. Practicing with the blue. It's gonna take some time. They're they're wanting to slowly work him back. I think we will see him on the court again, which is like a, that's another one. That's the one that we even forget about. Is like if Poku's gonna be on the team next year, I would assume. And if he's on the team too, then there's even less big minutes. So I I I have a lot of doubts about Dario being on this team after this year, um, but he's sure been fun so far. Uh, you mentioned the the interesting lineup with Giddy at center. This game did feature what I thought was one of the worst lineups I've ever seen play in the Thunder game. Yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. It was the beginning of the second quarter. Yep. They, they're up 10 at that point, mm-hmm. and they start the second quarter with Lou Dort, Andrew Wiggins, sorry, Aaron, Aaron Wiggins. I was going to say, whoa. Yeah, that's what made it so crazy. <laughs> <He's not even laughs> we got a hurt team. guy from the other team. Uh, Lou Dort, Wiggins, Lindy Waters, Dario, and Usman Jang. Yeah. That's a, that is a insane lineup. That here. is. Th- that <laughs> like, is. Like Dort was bringing up the ball, and I was like, well, I don't know who else I'm supposed to want to bring up the ball. I w- actually, I would like to see Jang do it, but whatever. And that they lasted two minutes. I was going to say it lasted, and, and the two, lead shrunk to three in yeah. those two minutes. Yeah, it was like, and the, you could, and it didn't even take <laughs> the full two minutes for 
Mark to realize what he'd done because he <laughs> it was called, like he forgot. He called for like a ball handler on the court. He's like, oh. Well, I think he, I think he really is curious, and also like part of me is like, hey, it's March eighth. This is about the time that I throw out lineups like this, right? And then he just like snaps back into it. It's like, oh, I forgot. Like we're not tanking right now. Let me get oh, Giddy, hurry, get back in here, hurry. And it was literally two possessions that happened before he called for Giddy to come to the table to check in. It was really fun. I just thought it was it was such a funny lineup because I've been trying to not look at every single thing Mark does as a lever and yeah. to try to actually figure out, okay, what could he be trying to figure out with yeah. this lineup? And that was one that stumped me. I was like, I, I actually don't know. Yeah, in what situation know. would this be a lineup that you would say, <laughs> yeah. this is ideal for us? Like, who's development available? is this for? I don't know. Uh, but that was fun. Um, <laughs> Shea, the the stretch he had in the third quarter, Yeah, which the Warriors were up 80-76, and they had the ball. So this is like, I mean, with the Warriors, it's like they could hit a three, they're up seven, and the game's just... Oh, yeah, this thing could balloon fast, yeah, without a and doubt. I forget what happened. They they like either had a bad shot, whatever. Okay, so he gets it back. He hits the mid range over Clay. He mm-hmm. draws a foul on Clay. Then you have the Usman Jang and Aaron Wiggins free throws. Then he hits a mid range over Steph. Then he hits a step back three over Clay. It was just an <laughs> absurd stretch of shot making for him because you know Clay is one of those guys. Maybe he's not as good defensively as he once was. Yeah, but he's still thought of as a, a, a tough matchup and then Steph like to his credit that mid-range over Steph like I thought Steph played him pretty well actually Mm -hmm. and Shea still hit it over him he did it later in the game to Draymond like he basically got every single good Warriors player on that mid-range play yeah and uh on that mid-range shot and it was just really cool to see because he was so in control of the game and it was a pivotal point of that game where they had had the big lead earlier Warriors like there's there is no lead that's safe with them they come back and then they get their own lead and that's when you're starting to get worried and Shea just settled everything down and made sure that that was still going to be a game going Mm -hmm. into the fourth yeah during that stretch whenever they tried Draymond on him yeah um Kerr is yelling for Draymond and so last night the tv crew for the Warriors didn't travel and so when the tv crew doesn't travel the seats, like four seats are open right in front of us in the very front row. And oh, did so you get to sit there? We got to sit in the very front, which is just... Oh, that's, that's why you sent me that picture. Andrew sent me a picture of Steph with yeah. his leg up on the scorer's table directly in front. His of foot was like three inches from my face. I mean, it was unbelievable. And you feel weird taking a picture, but it's like, man... I was texting with my cousin last night. He was like, sh- he's like, shame is a young man's game. It's like, that's a great quote. <laughs> <laughs> so t- I sent him that picture too. Uh, and anyways, so during that stretch, Kerr was yelling for Draymond. He yells, Draymond, Draymond, gets Draymond's attention. And then he mouths to Draymond, doesn't say it out loud. He mouths to him, you're on Shay. And then Draymond's like, okay, and he readjusts. And then immediately Shay cooks draymond two possessions in a row <laughs> it was awesome i i think i tweeted that out i didn't tweet that like kerr was like trying to like be coy about if i like mouthing to him like you're on shay like he yeah he, he did i mean say clearly they were trying to find something because you know kuminga does an okay job on shay wiggins is good on shay if wiggins was playing he's been good yeah that's that in, would be their guy or gp2 yeah. if he was healthy 
Yeah. And Kaminga has moments Kuminga's, where you're like, no, no. no. You, you don't think Kaminga has moments? He has Andrew? some moments, but I, they're just in. Like I was shocked by his stat line last night. Like he put himself in. I will give him credit. He put himself in good position to score and score efficiently. But there are just like so many other moments where you're like, oh my gosh, like he doesn't get it. Like he just doesn't get it. Right. He he makes up for some of it on those flash plays with just like how athletic and big he's he is. Crazy athletic, yes. Like e- easily the most athletic player on the floor last night. Like not yeah, no real contest. But I actually did not know until you just mentioned it that he scored twenty one points. Yeah, in game. it did not feel like a twenty one no. point game. Isn't that Jonathan isn't Kuminga. that shocking? Like that was just like wait what was that the same game? And am I looking at a different box score? There were just and there were moments even down the stretch where it was just like clearly. Kaminga was a problem, you know, offensively and then defensively too. Like you can just tell, like he's still learning the league. And then in contrast, you have Giddy who's out there just orchestrating everything, like playing crazy hard. I mean, he was Giddy was unbelievable. And that's just kind of like an interesting, like sliding doors moment where had the Thunder taken Kaminga and Giddy is on this Warriors team, like Giddy would be amazing. <laughs> On this yeah, he team. he really would be with their movement, because that's like what Giddy's really good at is where he's just like standing. Yeah, he's not doing he anything. Picks the ball crazy. up at the three point line and then he and surveys the are court, just moving around him, and he just throws these insane passes. If he could do that with this Warriors team, like he would be a god. With, yeah, with yeah, with Stephen and Clay, like, give me a break. That I like mean, they were right to want Giddy. <laughs> he would have been perfect. He would have been so perfect for them. And now they kind of have to like try to make this work with Kaminga. And like they honestly are maximizing what I think he can do with this team. But he's just so so clearly like a bench guy. And like I yeah, think- it's tough because they can't like allow him to fully spread his wings because that's not the type of team this is. Like they don't have time to do that really. Yeah, like if he had gone to Detroit or something. Right. So. It's obviously a tough situation for him. I mean, all these guys, you think about how much money they have probably lost in future earnings just because they got drafted by the Warriors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if Kamingo was on the Magic or whatever and averaging, I don't know, 18 and 5 or whatever. People, yeah. People would probably be very excited about him. You know? Um, yeah, we might be talking about him like early career Aaron Gordon or something. Yeah. And, and then he would have like the career transition late in his career where we finally gets into the yeah. correct role, which <laughs> yeah. maybe it's this role, but it, I'm sure that's really hard for a guy who, who thinks of himself as a top five pick, you know, all these accolades coming in, everyone's excited about him. And then he has to go and be like a role player for the foreseeable future. Like when, yeah, ha- when and how would it happen that Kuminga becomes like a more important player on this team as they're currently constructed? Stephen Clay retire. Yeah, so we're ta- we're still talking about like years away. Yeah, and he's still years away from being a contributor on that level, anyways. If he gets there, I wonder how close. You know, once Giddy's off the board, I wonder how much of a conversation it was between him and, and Wagner. Yeah, it's a good question because I've never really heard any reporting about Wagner specifically. Yeah, no, and he seems like a Warriors player. But Dude, can you imagine if they had him? If they had gotten Wagner. Well, it's interesting. You kind of wonder what he would look like because it is obviously they're different players, but like he 
was allowed that more more freedom in Orlando true to kind of develop his skills and he true. would be in a much more constrained role in Golden State he wouldn't put up the stats but he would fit so much better yeah he would I mean he they I don't think they would be in the position they are right now um where like honestly like I'm just kind of out on the Warriors dude when when like Patrick Baldwin Jr I know it's four minutes but just the idea that they're playing Patrick Baldwin Jr., a guy who I don't n- know would get consistent minutes on OKC. He wouldn't. He'd probably be a DMP most nights. He's, and he's terrible playing... on, def- on defense. Like, just, like, flat-out <laughs> horrible, can't do it. And uh, Igudala, like, I know he just came back. Yeah. But, man, they have to get Wiggins back. They have to get GP2 back just so they can push some of these guys further down the rotation and don't have to even think about playing them or, or relying on them in that way. Yeah. They, they definitely need those two. Cause like, even like the Jermichael green minutes are just kind of yeah. like, ugh, like he, he just isn't very good. Um, yeah, but you can see like the actual good guys on the warriors. Like they're still good. Like they, yeah. they really have dropped oh, the ball. Yeah. Cause like those guys are still good enough to win a championship. If you just put a like average, rotating cast around them yeah well i mean and right now you know like about the anthony lamb fiasco that's happening right now that they're they're waiting until april to sign him right because, because he's on a two-way deal he's on the two-way i, I don't know how many games is he up for games or does he I think he's ran like out of it yes he's he's out and so like they need to sign him but they're waiting because it's going to save them Probably like more than a million dollars. Million millions, like multiple <laughs> millions, if they just wait. And so, and I don't, yeah, I, I don't blame them because honestly, like if Anthony Lamb, if Anthony Lamb is really the difference between you making the playoffs and not, then you stink anyways. Yeah, I saw some uh, Warriors fans on Twitter last night, kind of bemoaning the fact that Anthony Lamb like can't play right now. Yeah, which I I get. Totally get, but at the same sure. time, like you said, it's like, man, you were in a rough spot. It was it, it's kinda like us Thunder fans, like when Corey Brewer got hurt, and we we're like, Oh my gosh, Corey <laughs> Brewer got hurt. What are we gonna do? It's like that should have been just the canary in the coal mine for all of our bemoaning <laughs> at that point, where it's like, Really, guys, this is how you feel about this? This is not gonna go well for you. This is not gonna work out. Yeah, because like I, I know that the Warriors are like in the end stages of this dynasty. Yeah. But at the same time, like they are still terrifying. Like Steph and clay in particular can just like demoralize you as a fan watching them in a way that I don't know any other player that's made me feel that way. Like even LeBron, even Kobe, to be perfectly honest, because like, at least with Kobe, you knew that like, well, he might, he's going to miss some of these shots. Like maybe he'll get us at the end. But when Steph hits like two threes in a row, you feel like, oh my god, it's over. Yeah, like here comes the avalanche. Like what? How? How can we? How can we even stop this? Is how it felt last night. I mean, he hit ten threes last night. Ten. Yeah, when he hit the one where he, you know, he turns around and didn't yeah. watch it go in. Like yeah. those are the ones where it's just yeah, like, that oh, was no. just what's, what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's breathtaking, honestly. It's like just, no player makes me feel that way. I, I was asking the Discord because it was like six minutes left, and I think the Thunder were up by twelve. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What would the lead have to be right now for you to feel completely comfortable that the Thunder are going to get this win?" <laughs> and I, I, for me, I think it would have to be like 30. 
but <laughs> I was, somebody said that I might be willing to say like 20, 21. Yeah. There was a what? moment I'm trying to find where it was in this. Cause I think it was, Hmm. Okay. Yeah, here it is. So a minute it's like with, no, that's not it. Anyways, there was a moment within the game where the Thunder went into this prevent offense where they just like stopped the ball. I think it was, I think this was it, like a minute 30 left. The Thunder are up 120, 132 to 124. And Giddy just kind of like stops and is just like trying to drain the clock, is his yeah. mission here. And I'm just like, this is not good. <laughs> Like you are not going to get a shot. You are not going to get a good shot here. And they didn't. He ended up turning the ball over. And that's when Kaminga like skied for that crazy dunk. Yeah. In transition, you're just like, yep, knew that was going to be bad. Knew that wasn't going to work. You can't do this. And then they're at 126 to 132 with a minute 20 left. And you just think, oh, no, this is very bad. And then they get the ball up the court and they try to kind of do that again, but they double team Shea and then Shea has to call a timeout. And you're just like, I mean, honestly, that was a moment where like, this this ain't over yet. The Warriors hit two threes. You get two Curry threes and like you're you're right back to tied. So you got to have to figure this out a little bit. And they, they got lucky. Uh, There was a coach's challenge that was. Oh, that was the Dort. Oh my this god! Was, the yes. end of that game was excruciating. It, it was. was so, and then I immediately flipped to, uh, oh, the Dallas Utah game, and I yeah. hit it right when they did another coaches challenge, and it was like another five minutes oh, of just staring so, at refs. So many coaches challenges right there at the end. And yeah, I didn't get the. I mean, you watch the replay. So, so the initial call was Dort's out on the three point line, mm-hmm. and he's driving by Kaminga, and Kaminga puts his arm over like his abdomen area. Yeah. And Dort kind of like flails a little bit. Yeah. And they initially called hand checking. I, I just don't know how you overturn it. Like, what was the evidence to overturn that? I mean, if well, that the it evidence seemed like enough to be like, okay, that was they maybe were at the hand-checking. monitor for forever, forever, forever. And then for it to end with them basically doing a makeup call, because watching that replay, I'm not like positive that Dort really got there before Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, I'm not either. And so they call it on Dante DiVincenzo and it's like, all right, fine. Like whatever. Dort takes his two free throws. Yeah. But but yeah, that felt very lucky. Yeah, that that did feel really lucky. So part of what was going on during this coach's challenge is Draymond Green is he walks over to the officials and is in their ear. He's about he's probably like four feet away. But he's he is talking really loud. As he always What's does. What's he saying? He's to just them. He said, he said, y'all have been in the league too long to be calling this S in the last minute of the game. He said, you, and you know it. And you know it. And he's just yelling at them this whole time while they're trying to like decipher this coach's challenge. And you can hear Steve Kerr yelling at them too. And so the whole time during this coach's challenge, they're being challenged by Draymond Green the whole time. And so they don't feel confident that it was really a foul, and you can tell. And then you also have like the Draymond element, which is like not nothing to them, and you can tell that it's not nothing to them. And so that's where I think that they were just like, okay, we'll just do side out. I don't know what to do. 
And to be to be fair, like Draymond's not wrong because if like that call doesn't really need to be called. Like if it had been called a foul and yeah. Dory had gone to the line, like that's a really cheap foul to pick up in the final minute of a close game. Mm-hmm. So like I get it. Like you'd rather just see them play. It's just funny that they followed that up with like kind of another cheap foul. Yeah. Kerr, after that cheap foul, yelled at the officials, this is a basketball game. <laughs> I thought it was a really good little taunt there. And they hey, are. It was nice to get a little help because anything to stop like a Golden State avalanche. Yeah, I know. I know. Amazing. And Dort making his free throws. Shout out to Dort for making those free throws. Shout out to Dort. Uh, Steve Thunderfan. Mm-hmm. I know you saw this stat. I did. I retweeted. You retweeted. Your your quote retweet, yes, that's right. Uh, he went on pbpstats.com and looked up how many non charge these are not charges non charge offensive fouls have been drawn across the league this year. How many how many non charge does Conchar have? Non charge Conchar. Non charge Conchar. Uh, he is not on the list, unfortunately. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Lou Dort though is, and he is number one at seventy six believe yeah um that feels right this year that feels number right two now i'm kind of eyeballing this number two jalen brunson has 45 yeah the gap between one and two 76 to 45 that is and if, and if you look at uh dort's stats from the previous two years he, he played a similar number of minutes up to this point like i think he played 100 fewer minutes last year compared to this year and then 200 fewer minutes two years ago Two years ago, I think he had like 56 of these types of non-charge offensive fouls drawn. Mm -hmm. Last year, it was down to 41. And now it's all the way up to 76. And I mean, I don't know what the record is. Who No one's probably ever looked it up because who cares? But it's kind of a skill. Like we've noticed it as fans. I just didn't realize it was this dominant compared to the other guys in the league. Yeah, I mean, if you total up that with the amount of charges this team takes... I mean, the amount of turnovers they generate just from those moments is a lot. And that's it's part of like the equation. Part of it's like the Thunder have guys that have long arms that are quick and good feel for the game on the defensive end. Like, yes, that exists too. But then it's these moments as well that have them turning over opponents more than anybody else in the league. I mean, the Warriors, part, part of the reason that the Warriors lost last night is they turned the ball over 21 times. Yeah. And you can get those turnovers in a lot of different ways. Like, obviously, yeah. you could generate steals, which is how we usually think about Yeah, we usually, th- usually think live ball turnovers when you, th- when yeah. you think about turnovers. But this is But charges is and offensive fouls drawn also count. Yeah, they and, do. And it, they're so helpful because it's almost like the coach calling a timeout, which, by the way, I thought Mark had great use of his timeouts last night. Like, any time like Steph would hit a three. It felt like yeah. there was a timeout immediately after. Yeah. Off. That, and, that, and that's, and those are, that's a good point because those are moments where you start to like figure out like what kind of coach is he really, you know, yeah. doesn't let an avalanche happen. Yeah. Like, or if it's going to happen, there's going to be multiple timeouts yeah. in between. To we're going like to chop, we're going to chop up this avalanche as it just pummels <laughs> yeah. us. But those the, drawing those type of offensive fouls where they would might, a, a regular team might not get them. Mm-hmm. Those kind of help, with that too, because it just kind yes. of bogs everything down for that offense no doubt. briefly, and it kind of shakes up the momentum. Mm-hmm. So I, I just thought that was wildly impressive. And yeah. I'm not saying that it's like uh, legit, 
like, like I'm acknowledging that there's probably a, a grift part of this in oh. the same way that like James Harden and Trey Young know what they need to do to get fouls. I'm uh, guessing that Dort is smart enough to know what he has to do. A hundred percent he does. You he, can't be that far ahead the rest of the league unless you have figured out some trick. Well, he knows the right angle and he is just willing to run through these dudes. Yeah. And has like the physicality to do that, that not honestly, not many guys in the league could do it. Honestly, don't think there's another player on the Thunder that could do this besides Kenrich. Are you talking about force, Andrew? Are you talking about playing with force? Force. I mean, that's that's what Dort is using the force all the time, man. All the time. He is, and uh, it's nice to. It's just nice to have a stat that Dort is really good at because I know Dort has been the focus of some uh, negative attention this sure. season. Sure. Sure. Uh, but hey, that's that's something that he does really well, and I bet. I will bet, Andrew, that yeah. that stat in the coming years becomes like more well-known nationally. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just kind of like, a. I bet somebody does like an article on it or something. Oh, without a doubt. This is this is definitely like in a fact, Mark, Mark, uh, Mark Schindler, if you're yeah. listening, <laughs> it's an art, a free article idea. That's I think right. it's pretty cool. Yep. A Dort. Yeah. That, I mean, it's definitely one of his things. I mean, it's like one or two a game guaranteed if he's playing. Is gonna it's gonna happen. And like Kevon Looney was just like beyond just mad <laughs> after that call on him because he's he is just going to the official like what did I do? Like what happened? What did I do? How is that a foul on me? This dude is running through me. How is it on me? I mean, he was so mad. Uh Kavon was also not good last night. I guess he's dealing with some back issues. Yeah, I mean, he almost sat out, but he's an Iron Man, Andrew. I mean, he has the longest active streak of consecutive games played. You could tell that he's trying to Can't keep that, that streak alive by playing those 11 minutes. and He's got to. Uh, Andrew, I have some questions. These came up in the Discord, and uh, I uh. thought that since you were on the ground, you might have some insight. Okay. One, uh, the guy hit the uh, half-court shot. Yes. And after he hit it, Storm Chasers ran out. One Storm Chaser collapsed yeah he he landed on his foot we couldn't see it on the camera i was yeah. just wondering if you got a better look at that was he okay uh no. was he able to walk off on his own power no 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 it was a wild sequence of events so this guy his name is rex steps up and hits the half court shot first of all he's bringing the most swag i've seen from anybody that's hit this shot i mean he's doing the mellow Thing to Especially because he like wasn't an amazing free throw shooter. Like he got by the free throws. Yeah, he he barely got there, but he stepped up, shot that thing like a jumper, swished it, and is just like giving everybody like, yeah, I knew I was gonna make this. The storm chasers go just berserk around him. Uh, this particular storm chaser that got injured. So you're like have this like range of emotions, like whoa, this is crazy, this is cool, and then you as you're watching, you just see this guy collapsing and we're so we're sitting on the floor and i could feel his head hit the floor oh his Boom. head hit the floor the back of his head hits the floor oh no so uh cliff brunt of the ap was all over this cliff brunt spent the me- next 25 minutes maybe looking at the video because he videoed the whole thing and looking at his video as i'm like trying to watch the game he's like hey andrew like this is what happened to this guy like he's just like going through it and he hits his head after so he, what happened was is that he like sprained his ankle severely loses all of his balance the group is just like a mosh pit yeah, basically yeah. and somebody knocks him back 
and he just flies back, can't catch himself because he's trying to like grab his ankle and yeah. doesn't have his like a way to catch himself and his his head just slams against the wood floor. And so he's like like just like you at first you're just like, I don't even know if he's conscious. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what's going on. This guy just won twenty grand. Like what's what in the world's going on here? And he has to get like almost like pulled off the court by like other storm chasers and then like some people that are within game ops. And this was like not that far from halftime. So I go back there during halftime and he is conscious and he's okay, but he's like in a wheelchair. They're like wheeling him out in a wheelchair. Um, Man. So pretty brutal time for this storm chaser. (sighs) I felt bad for him. Yeah. I mean, it would have been nice if he was the one who won the 20,000 because then you feel okay. But it's like, you didn't even win the money. You're just you're just celebrating. You're just happy for just, another person. It's just happy. And you just, get injured. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was quite the range of emotions just as a viewer. You know. Wow. Well, well, thank you for the the in depth analysis because yeah. I didn't know if you had known what happened or not. Oh yeah. Uh, the other question I had was what happened to the main MC guy? Because uh, in in yeah. game entertainment, yeah. it's a girl now. Yeah. Uh, has been here like the, the last maybe since the all-star break i don't know i, I don't been here for a little while there... yeah doing like okay. different like smaller segments i don't i don't know if he's on vacation or if they're phasing him out i have no idea honestly okay all right i said i would ask so yeah that's i have no clue um let's see I, I might have a few questions from uh discord yeah uh this is early fry pod discord question but i'm stealing it okay what happens what needs to happen next season for Shea to have a legitimate MVP case? It's Honestly, great, great question. So I've been thinking about this, Andrew, because mm. the MVP discussion uh, is, is heating up, to say the least, this yeah, week. It's been so strange. And uh, I was looking at last season because Jokic was kind of seen as like an obvious choice last year. Yeah. But, you know, I, I forget what the Nuggets seeding was. It wasn't great. They were the, like the fifth or sixth seed. But I just wondered if we had only had the stats that we had in like the 80s, 90s, 2000s, let's say, who would have won MVP last year? Yeah. And I kind of think it would have been Devin Booker because I was mm, looking at the Suns. They were eight games ahead of every other team in the league by record. Like it is, I think we talked about this last year on Slam and Jam. It is so rare for a team to be that far ahead of the rest of the league. And the fact that his MVP case just wasn't, it didn't even really exist for the most part. I mean, there yeah. were Suns fans who obviously were, you know, get, making the case for him. Yeah. That didn't even that really an exist. incredible season last year, the Suns. And the reason I bring that up is because I don't know if Shea's stat line is ever going to lead to the type of advanced stats that get people really excited Mm -hmm. because that was the thing with Booker. Like you look at his stats and like, they're very good, but other guys like Jokic are their advanced stats are always going to be superior. Even when Devin Booker was the best player on the best team who was significantly better than the rest of the teams in the league. Yeah. And so I think about my initial reaction to this question was, Oh, well, if you know, if they're the number one seed, he'll have a decent shot. I don't know. Maybe he won't. Like it, he might even need to be better statistically 
than he was this year, which I think he's like been amazing this year. Maybe if he takes more threes and he's shooting like 40% from three to kind of improve his efficiency even more so mm-hmm. that he shows up at the top of those advanced stats lists and not just kind of like, you know, in the middle to the back of the top 10, maybe that would do it. But I'm at the point where if we're going to rely on advanced stats primarily to decide the MVP winner, I don't see the scenario where Jokic isn't going to be the odds on favorite every single year. Like it's almost like his game was designed to spit out the best advanced stats. It's true. It's true. He's highly efficient, good rebounder, crazy passer. And he, and he doesn't take like a ton of shots, so his his efficiency is always like oh, super it, high. Yeah. Yeah, he only takes shots he knows he can make, you know. Like and and this like, is like not a shot at Jokic at all. I'm just asking like if a season like Booker's last year, which as I started to go back, I was like, man, that was kind of an amazing season. When you just look at like the narrative perspective of like best player on the best team and the best team is significantly better than every other team in the regular mm-hmm. season. For him to not even really sniff the MVP last year, like I, I don't know what the scenario would be where Shea would have a legitimate shot. Yeah. I <sighs> I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if the Suns were the best team, but they weren't like dominant. They weren't like, oh my gosh. Like they weren't like warriors. They weren't like they weren't like warriors, but in the setting of that season, they were dominant. Yeah, they were good. Even the advanced stats, though, like show that they're not like an elite team of the last decade or something, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, People are even yeah, calling I mean, them by, Paper Tigers at the end of last season, you know, before the playoffs. Like they were just a part of the NBA community that didn't believe and they were right to not believe, <laughs> you know, in the yeah, end. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so, if you go by simple rating system, which is one of the uh, team rating stats that they have on Basketball Reference, uh, Boston, who won 13 fewer games than Phoenix, actually had a higher SRS. Yeah. And actually, I just want to see, wow, this this season is, there's no, <laughs> there's no one close to those two teams. I know. I this know. is such a weird season. It has been, it's been a wild season. Like, this is what you get when you really push for parity and like, that's what you want. Like, this is what the league starts to look like, which I think is exciting and it's very good, but like, you don't have like these juggernaut teams, you know, at least right now there's not a juggernaut team. Like one could emerge still, like it's still possible, but right now the league is like, I think it's in a great place to be honest. Um, And, you know, we'll see where everything goes, but yeah, it's going to be tough. To win an MVP, I think he'll be in the conversation sooner than later, honestly. Mostly just because I think this team is going to be good sooner than later. And They better be, Andrew. They better be. I mean, they're already good right now. And Shut up. The pressure's on. The pressure's on, Presty. <laughs> they're already good. And they're going to get better. Just naturally, they're going to get better. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. What did you think of Jang? I think that was kind of one of the other things from the game that we hadn't touched on yet, is that Oos probably played his best game as a pro last night. Yeah, he, he's. I mean, I know it doesn't matter, but uh, individual plus minus, he led the team plus 20. Yeah. Um, it got... It was a rough start, Andrew, okay? Because there was a play that was kind of like symbolic of everything that kind of bothers me about Jang, mm-hmm. which is that he, I, th- I forget the player he was going up against. It was, a, it was a smaller player. It was like DiVincenzo or something. But he had a chance to just go up strong, dunk the ball, mm-hmm. and instead he tries to like lay it up and he misses it. Mm-hmm. And it just was one of those plays that are like, come on, man. Like you ha- You have to. It doesn't have to be like this. Yeah. You have to be stronger. And it's yeah. it's not like physical strength. It's like, mm-hmm. I just want you to be stronger and force. go up stronger, play with force. From that moment, however, outside of one play, I thought he was really good in his role. It was Jordan Poole, by the way. It was Jordan Poole. Yeah, it was Jordan Poole. Which even more feels like, oh, come on, man, it's Jordan yes. Poole. It's Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, like, dunk on that guy. Um. I think, you know, obviously anytime he makes his threes, it's going to feel like he had a good game. But I thought mm-hmm. defensively you saw multiple moments where he not just held up, but like he's doing his job defensively. Mm-hmm. And that that's probably more playing into the plus 20 than necessarily anything he was doing on offense. Um, so that's still what gets me excited. Um, like that play he had where – when was that? I think that was the second quarter where he uh, stripped Curry. Curry. Yeah, that was well, I guess it. not a strip, but he he stole it. He he jumped the the passing lane with his long. Well, he had to rip it from his hands. Had, oh oh, sorry, he, I'm thinking of two different plays. So yeah. there was the one play where he got it in the passing lane, and that, that was his like first steal of the game. But then yes, so Curry like runs directly into him. It was kind of weird at the top of the key, and Us is almost like forced 
to play with force. Andrew. Yeah, make a decision. He rips it from him. Yeah, he just like jumps. He almost like ahead. jumps into like Usa's arms with the ball, and he's like, "Decide your career," you know. Um, yes. Yes, and, yes, yes. And Us just grabs the ball. He he had to rip it from him. I, heard, I mean, it happened really close to me, and I'm just like, that was it. Like, that's, and that's to what immediately throw it to Dort yeah. is a really nice pass. So, yeah, that those kind of plays get you excited. Um, and and he, he, like I mentioned, he had that other steal that I thought was really good, too. Yeah. So, and, and of course, he yeah, has the shot at the buzzer, which is kind of like the, the, the cherry. It was cool. It was a cool moment because you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> and he sidesteps and he makes it. And it looked really smooth. And like, that's that's one of the reasons they draft him is that he's a guy that can you know push the ball up the floor, handle some, and get his own bucket. I mean that's what you hope for. And he's but, still he's still super young. There's still a lot of time to develop the guy. But you know last night I feel like he, um, you know, he, he definitely met the challenge. I would say. And I think if you're you know still thinking about like the tanking versus you know, fight for the plane conversation. Yeah. When we were talking about possible levers, now we didn't know if he would be a lever or not, but we said, we just like to see Usman Jang get more minutes yeah. in this final stretch. Yeah. And no I think doubt. games like last night show you that like, he's not really a lever on, yeah. on the le- on the level of other levers in the past. Yeah. That was tough to get out, but you know what I mean? Like he, he isn't going to tank this. T- he's not early season rookie Poku. Yeah. Where no. it's just like, you don't know what's going to happen. He's a lot further along. Part of it is too, is like, he's not willing to be reckless. <laughs> like Poku was. Right. <laughs> Poku had this like reckless, like fun about him that like, that's one thing I really loved about him was just like, what in the world is going to happen? He had, he had loud minutes. Yeah. Yeah. One way or the other, it was going to be loud. And some games were really good. And some games were just like, man, like this is the full edition of Shaq and a fool this entire this entire thing is it like they don't need any more and Us is like just way more contained and you can tell like he's really trying to soak in what's going on around him and he's like really trying to get better um and so i'm just i'm curious to see how this goes last night was really good and it was a good a test against a good team that you felt like okay these Us minutes like could sink them honestly yeah, he played against the Warriors 19 minutes and was a plus 20. Like, there's there's really nothing you, negative to you, take away from that. You can't ask for much more than that. Um, yeah, that was great. Honestly, not too many guys had a bad game last night. Thinking about the tanking conversation, I do mm-hmm. want to come back to the fact that they have sat JRE the last three games, and they've sat Trey Mann the last two games. I, yeah. You know, obviously guys go in and out of the lineup – yeah, I, I I have to resist the thing of like, oh this this they're out of the, out rotation. Of the rotation. Yeah, they yeah. yeah yeah. I'm sure we'll see them again, yeah. but for this part we'll, of the season, we'll probably see them tonight. So we, well, yeah, we actually will see them tonight <laughs> for sure. Um, but for this part of the season, I don't know. I, I I felt like the rotations last night were like winning rotations, like we're trying to win this game. Rotations. I thought so too. Other than that second quarter <laughs> lineup, which <laughs> was the height the, of experimentation. <laughs> other than like the glitch in the matrix that happened in the second quarter. <laughs> yes, I would agree that it, it did feel like they were playing lineups to try to win the game. 
And, you know, part of it too is like every, like who didn't play well last night, you know, like what player was like, oh man, they kind of had some rough minutes. Like it was nobody. Lindy had seven points in six minutes. You know, I mean, everybody came in the game and contributed positively. Like the guys that yeah, were I'm... like negatives were like Wiggins, Shea, and Jay Will. And like you can look at all three and be like, no, nah, like they actually contributed a whole lot to this victory. And that's where like the single game plus minus is like, yeah, whatever. I don't know what to do with this. Except for Oos. Except for Oos, which case, it matters. It matters tremendously. So. You know, I was looking at the, the rest of the schedule. Um, somebody posted it on Twitter. Yeah. OKC has more road games than any other Western Conference team. They six have, six home games left is all they've got. Yeah, six six. That's it. Out of seventeen games, which if you can do math, that's eleven road games. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough that's to get there. Tough. It's gonna be tough. Hey, uh, plant your flag. Uh, play in our lottery. Where are you? Play in our lottery. Um, okay, I have to admit I've been pretty impressed with the Lakers uh, in a way I was not expecting to be. Yeah, same over this recent stretch. So, you know, assuming that, or even not assuming that LeBron gets back, I think they're going to be right there. So I kind of give them a spot. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I'm out on the Jazz. I'm done with the Jazz. The Jazz are done with themselves. So Jazz are done with themselves. Uh, So that comes down to the Pelicans, Thunder, and Blazers. Yeah. Uh, The Blazers have, both of those teams have been super concerning. Oh my gosh. Like, recent history, the Pelicans still don't feel like they've broken out of this rut that goes back to like the beginning of the year. Well, and Zion's going to be out for another two weeks at least. Yeah. So I don't know why I should have a ton of faith in them. I like them. Like it's the same team, the same roster that was so good last year and made that late season run or like second half of season run. So there's a party that's like, it has to be in there. Like it has to come out at some point, even though Zion's not there. Like they've done this without Zion before. Yeah. So isn't going to kick in at some point. And that's why that game, which I think is the game after the Suns game, like that is huge. Yeah. It's against the Thunder. Here's, because that Yeah, yeah. No, keep going. I was just gonna say, like, that's okay, that 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 is one of their road games. So OKC goes onto the road this Saturday, plays the Pelicans. Yeah. And that feels like a massive it's a big one game. They got they get what's good is that they get Shea several days of rest before that, and maybe J Dub and hopefully J Dub plays too. Here's the Blazers' next six games: Boston, Philly, New Orleans, New York, Boston, Clippers, and those first three all on the road. Yeah, and then coming home to play Knicks, Boston, Clippers is really tough. Yeah, the th- the Thunder also play the Blazers once as well Sunday, yeah March i gotta 26th. go to that game it's a sunday matinee game yeah 4 p.m out here that's a that's a big one so they have they ha- so they have one two games against the pelicans they have a game against the thunder those are big they have one against utah and one against san antonio that are just gimmies but the rest of their schedule is really tough like new orleans sacramento sacramento minnesota memphis clippers golden state I mean, that's going to be tough for like the Blazers schedule is pretty tough. And they're still waiting to get Nurk back. He's not back yet. So that would obviously help. Uh, Simons is sort of back um, from, from his issue. I think he was an ankle sprain, Um, but he didn't play in their last game. I don't think. Mm -hmm. 
So they're still trying to get healthy as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of the teams, of those three teams, I believe in the Thunder the most, but I still think. I know. I that's still. How, that's how I feel, but I don't want to say it. I mean, it's true. Like, I I mean, there's even, there's a lot of numbers to even back it up. That's well, yeah, of those three teams, they've been the best team this season. Yeah. If you just, look at, like, all the – did you know – so, uh, shout out to Steve Thunder fan again. I think he pointed this out. That their expected win-loss, which I think is based on the, the, the Pythagorean theorem thing, mm-hmm. 36 and 29. If you just took a team with, you know, their net rating and everything – that team would normally win 36 games. They'd have 36 wow. wins right now. I mean, that makes sense. You look at at their like offensive and defensive rankings. You even look at their point dif- you look at their point differential. That is still I mean, well, that would put them at the fifth seed, which is exactly seed. where they would line up based on point differential. Yeah, they would have 36 and 29. That's the same record as the Suns. Yeah. Yeah. So they've played like the fifth seed in the Western. And this Conference. is why I've just like this believe in them next year. And honestly, if they end up with the fifth best point differential and they're in the play in, like my I get more excited about that. Because you get to add a lotto pick, you get to come back, and I think that you get to you get to play a full season of just like let's let this thing ride. And not like it's not like they're not doing that now, but the injury to Kenrich is a big deal. Um, you know, trying to incorporate all these younger guys is like a big deal. Whereas I think we'll have a better idea of what Oose is next year than we do right now. And I think that he will be more ready to contribute next year. And then plus, like, obviously you have the Chet element. You have a, a full off season of like, what in the world does J-Dub come back as next year? Yeah. You know, and and also Josh too, who, by the way, is younger than J-Dub and is going to get another full off season and, and younger than Chet, right? Um, I, I believe that is true. Yes. Let's look it up right now. He has 20 days and a hundred, wait, 20 years and 149 days old. Chet is 20 years and 311 days old. Wow. Younger than wow. Chet. Wow. Yeah. He's and. It's just funny, like the Giddy narratives are just funny. We don't have time to get into it, but like Giddy, I mean, if you if I told you before the season, Al, hey, Giddy is going to average sixteen seven and six, and he's going to shoot forty eight percent from the field, thirty one percent from three, seventy five percent from the line. Like, how would you feel? Pretty good. You'd feel so good. You'd feel great, and you would say like, hey, and he had a seventeen point eleven rebounds, seventeen assists, triple double against. The Warriors in a meaningful game. How would you feel? Pretty good. You'd feel pretty good. Anyways, I don't know. The giddy stuff kind of gets out of control sometimes. Andrew, this is really going to blow your mind. Okay. How older do you think Giddy is than Usman Jang? Um, is it less than a year older? Five months. Yeah that that is actually less than five months older than Usman Jang. Yeah, that is wild. That is a wild one. Because Oos like just looks and feels way younger than Giddy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and that's kind of where like I'm not trying to like dog on Usman Jank at all. But there's just like Giddy just has something in him that's just like, oh my like there's something really special about this guy. And I just uh, we got to see it last night and that makes it easier to kind of like back up that statement, you know, but it's uh He's he's a really good player, and he's somebody that I think is going to come back and be 
even better next year. And my belief in J-Dub is like through the absolute roof. And then we're both chat guys. We don't have to talk anybody into chat. Like that's been our, chat's been our guy for over a calendar year now. So still my guy, you know, next year is going to be really, really fun. So, uh, all right. Enjoy the game tonight. We will have another show for you on Friday, recapping that game and uh, discussing all kinds of things for the Friday show. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.